is up and welcome back to 24 Minutes of A24, the podcast that looks at the A24 library 24 minutes at a time. I'm Ethan Simi. And I'm Ben Lawhorn. This week on the pod, it's the same as it's ever been. We are not making any sense and we're talking about Stop Making Sense, the 4K IMAX re-release of the famed 1984 Talking Heads concert. Considered by critics as the greatest concert film of all time. That is, we, we will discuss this, Ben. That is a, a large claim there. The live performance was shot over the course of three nights at Hollywood's Pantages Theater in December of 1983 and features the Talking Heads' most memorable songs. Of course, as always, just a note before we um, dive into the pod here, this podcast was recorded and created during the 2023 WGA and SAG after strikes without the labor of the writers and the actors that are currently on strike. The movies being covered here would not exist. Asterisks to that, very incredibly exciting news is that um, just a few days ago, news broke that the WGA has reached a tentative deal with the AMPTP and the strike officially ends um, here in like four hours when nice. we are recording. So it'll end uh, Wednesday, September 29th at 12.01 a.m., Voting uh, on the ratification of the deal will take place over the next um, several weeks, but writers are allowed to work during this period, and the strike is essentially officially over for the writers. After 148 yeah. days, they they got what they wanted, and they got what they deserved, and that's super, super exciting. Ben, do you have any um, insights, thoughts, anything to share about the WGA strike coming to a close? I'm just happy. Uh, it sounds like they're pretty happy with what they got as well, which is good. You know, they're satisfied with the result here. Um, I know a lot of it was based around the AI stuff and, you know, how much of it can use and all that kind of stuff. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just stoked that they are stoked on what's happening. So congrats. Yes. I'm super excited for them and they totally deserve it. Uh, and next is SAG after they, they, they need their yeah. deal. They're going to get their deal for sure. Um, so that's really exciting. This will be the final podcast that is uh, produced and recorded during the WGA strike of 2023. So that's very exciting. Um, we are talking about Stop Making Sense today, but we have some housekeeping, as per usual, to talk about before before we talk about Stop Making Sense, a movie that both of us have, have been greatly looking forward to. And we've, uh, you know, actually shared a little bit of thoughts off mic, uh, yeah. which is a very unusual for us. And you know, it's kind of a, an unusual movie. It's it's not really spoilable. It's not really um, anything standard. So we're going to get into all of that. First mode of housekeeping here is um, the first trailer for The Curse releases tomorrow. Now, this is a new show starring Nathan Fielder, Emma Stone, and fucking Benny Safdie. <laughs> the series follows a curse that disturbs a newly married couple as they try to conceive a child while co-starring on their new HGTV show. This show is actually premiering at the New York Film Festival in a, next week, I believe, in the next couple of weeks, so that's super exciting. Um, speaking of New York Film Festival, we'll, we'll talk about uh, yeah. me going, which was really fun. Where are you at on, on The Curse? Are you excited for the trailer? Of course, it's unfortunate we couldn't see the trailer and then record the pod, but uh, we'll give our reaction next week. Yeah, I, uh, I'm super stoked. I can't think of a thing that I've seen with these three people that I didn't like where they were, they were yeah, involved, right. you know? So it's just like track record is pretty solid here. I'm always ready for more Nathan Fielder. Emma Stone is hilarious and Benny Safdie is just, he's fantastic. So I'm super excited about this. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that he was an Oppenheimer. I think he was one of the best parts of it. Thank you very much. Uh, that just, gosh, you really just took my breath away there. I feel so <laughs> elated right now that you recognize that. Um, I'll give uh, watchers of the pod on YouTube or Spotify a little treat. This is what Benny Safdie Dude. looks like in this show. Yeah. And it's incredibly unhinged and phenomenal. It's that fantastic. Bell buckle, that belt buckle. The belt buckle. He's got like a, a leather wrist bracelet on, ringed up, um, incredible wig. Yeah. Super exciting. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a great project. Um, I've heard lots of buzz about it. Uh, obviously, it's not out yet. It hasn't premiered. Uh, we are going to definitely cover it here on the, oh, yeah. on the show. We're, we're both excited. Emma Stone really having herself a 2023, which is so wonderful for him. Mm. Her really, really cool. Other piece of news. And this is a big one. This is a big one for A24. It just broke, actually, a few hours ago. Uh, A24 is reportedly 
leading the bidding against Miramax for the TV rights for the Halloween franchise. Now, before I go any further, I feel like that's a lot to take in initially. Like mm-hmm. that that's like, wow, a lot of things are happening in that statement. What did you think when you read that for the first time? I was just kind of curious what they're going to do with this. Are we doing like a fresh reboot? Are we getting a new Michael Myers? Like, how do we pick up here? Uh, I didn't anticipate because I mean, a 24 has introduced things that have become, you know, traditional horror now, like things that we, we love, you know, hereditary midst of our, all that stuff. Um, But Halloween is just like classic horror. And it's just interesting to see them kind of tied together. I'm, I'm just, excited to see what they do obviously if a24 ends up getting bidding war done this is kind of something that we've been talking about a little bit over on our patreon is when we talk about a movie we always ask like do we think it would be part of the a24 catalog mm-hmm. and 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 i know over there we've been saying we've been covering a couple anime films that have inspired the creator which is what we're we're covering in a couple of weeks and um ai movies and Anime has been the big one where we're like, when is A24 going to get into anime? Yeah, like that just yeah. seems like something that they are due to, to, to get into, to do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've got Dick's the Musical coming out in a couple of weeks. That's their first musical. I think it's really interesting that they are going this like IP route. I think I've said it a couple of times now on the show, but I really truly think that starting last year, after Everything Everywhere cleaned up at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I think that was like the official okay, the the door is open for the new phase of A24. We are we are not a, a a mom and pop studio anymore. We don't just make horror movies that are really scary or we don't just make one movie a year that's like, you know, it, it becomes movie lore and lots of people attach themselves and it really becomes part of the canon. They are now really growing and really branching out. Um they already have the rights to the TV shows for Friday the 13th. This news mm. come out, came out a few months ago. They're creating a show for Peacock called Crystal Lake. So now they're also bidding for the Halloween ones. Like yeah. you said, I don't know if it's going to be a hard reboot. I don't know what we're looking at here in terms of like story or anything. The movie rights are kind of a separate deal that's like structured differently with the parent companies. So it's the TV rights that are on the table between A24 and Miramax. I truthfully, I, I guess personally, I think this is a pretty savvy business move from A24 mm-hmm. because if they can own two of the most famed, the most illustrious, the most historical yeah. whole, pieces of horror IP that every single person basically knows and they have the rights to do with whatever they want with that, I think they're in a good place. Um, I feel positive. But on the flip side, we also got the idol last year. This, yeah, that's this true. year. Um, Keep this Sam year. Levinson away from Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell Sam Levinson the WGA has breached a contract. Please <laughs> yeah. keep him keep him out of this. So their track record is not unblemished. I'm not saying they're perfect, but I am saying uh, I think that they're in a good place. And I think whatever they try to do with this should be positive. But how is a 24 going to manage like a pre-existing IP? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's so many f- funny ways to think about it. You know, put Laurie Strode in euphoria <laughs> high school, you know, if that's like <laughs> what's going on here. Um, but yeah, pre-existing IP. Yeah. It's, that's my biggest question is like, do we, are we picking up after something or are we creating the myth and the origin of Michael Myers, which yeah. I think would be cool. Like the mystery behind him is obviously like such a draw to that series. So I wouldn't necessarily want something that's completely about him. Um, I think we get a lot of weird TV shows now, like like Pennyworth, the story of Batman's Butler. It's like, all right, we don't need to do all of this, you know. (laughs) But um, yeah, I don't know. I've never thought about these kind of things as TV series. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. Yeah, I think A24 is just in a new space. Um, I'll share something with you. I've never seen a single Halloween film. And I've never seen a single Friday the 13th project ever. Wow. So my affinity with Michael Myers is like, hey, if A24 is going to own the TV rights, that's there I am. That's there my new go. That's my new Friday or my new <laughs> Halloween. Um, I will join in at that stage, I guess. Um, I've just never, like, you know, I just have never found it necessary to, like, venture into these massive IP black holes that mm-hmm. um, have 
like so so many entries and i know the whole thing with like halloween ends was like it was the final one but it was like part of a trilogy from a certain director that wasn't chronological and like it seemed like just honestly too much work to get involved with that story yeah there's like you, you would need that charlie day you know diagram yeah. <laughs> thing of just like no there's this one and then it goes <laughs> over here <laughs> and then rob zombie did his own but they're not canon at all and then we have this like it's kind of crazy but the first original halloween is like pretty much a perfect movie like it's really really okay. good so i would just watch that and you'd be fine it's it's good um the last three that came out as told by jason blum because they're all blumhouse movies those oh. are the only like canon sequels to the first movie. So we jumped from like 1978 or something to 2018. Oh, that's incredibly confusing. Is. Yeah. It's kind of that's weird. Terrible. It's like, Oh, now he's older. So I don't know. They're, they're <laughs> decent movies. Those got worse as they went along. The second one was just atrocious in my mind, but the first one wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, I, I would suggest watching that first one. Uh, okay. If any of our listeners here want us to cover Halloween, let us know. Yeah. I, I'm going to watch it again regardless. It's a staple. So okay. I, want, I want you to see it. Um, my hot take is that I don't like Friday the 13th. I think it's a dumb movie. Oh. So, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't love Friday the 13th at all. This is, uh, this is terrible. I can't believe I'm going to say this on mic. But Friday the 13th is, it's not, it's not Mike, Michael Myers is Halloween. Is it yeah. Jason? J- yeah, that's Jason. Okay. And then Jason Freddy Krueger right? is Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. Okay. So which last- is good. Last Halloween, Molly and I watched A Nightmare on Elm Street. And that was like, we just watched the first one. That was our first introduction. And it was a night where we were like, okay, this is a Halloween classic. And we're we're dead in the middle of Halloween. And we have to, we have to do this. Like you Mm -hmm. can't, I can't go any longer. I thought it was pretty good. I actually liked it. I liked it. I thought it was pretty enjoyable. Um, And probably... I mean, the scariest thing ever, a guy with knives that for fingers that shows up in your dreams. That's your pretty dreams, fucking scary. Right? Yeah. You can't fall asleep or else he's going to get you. That's crazy. Yeah. That, that to me, it's, it's, it's far scarier than like Saw or anything. Like, yeah, I've been, I've been rewatching the Saw franchise in prep for Saw X, which I'm terribly excited for, by the way. But like, I turned on Saw 5 last night at like 11 p.m. and then just went right to bed. And I was just like <laughs> un, unfazed. But if I watched Nightmare on Elm Street, no, I'm not going to sleep all night. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. Uh, okay, so A twenty four making uh making a Halloween television show potentially, hopefully, maybe we'll see what happens. There, it sounds pretty promising. Um, okay, before we talk about stop making sense, I did want to talk about my trip to the New York Film Festival because yeah. I went to the New York Film Festival uh last week and it was really fun, but it was really tiring, and I also saw some really important. Uh, one, at least one really important A24 project. And that was pretty cool. Nice. Was, I'm uh, jealous of that. Yeah. So it, it was a good time. So I went and I saw seven movies over the course of two days. So I could only go for the first two press days. This was my first time going to a film festival, like completely. Mm. And then my first time going as press, which was a, a great, a wonderful like treat to be my first time. Um, but I did have to fly across the country. And I did have to pay exorbitant hotel prices because I found out kind of last minute. So yeah. it was worth it. It was, it was, it was really good. I saw, I kicked off my festival. Um, and Ben, I know you're very excited for me for this because I, yeah. I, I, I forewent the very first movie that I could see, which was like a, it was like a three hour, um, kind of like a Taiwanese film, I believe. And I had heard that it was that it was just okay. I had heard that that it was mm-hmm. just fine. Um, by people that had previously seen it, it wasn't a premiere or anything. So I was like, you know what? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna cross off the bucket list. I'm going to fucking Oppenheimer in 70 millimeter IMAX at the AMC Lincoln Square. Living the dream. Living the the dream. Let me just tell you, my simple soul rests in that <laughs> seat because there there were probably like a hundred, at least a hundred people in that showing at 10 30 AM on a Thursday, beautiful day in New York city. Yeah. I, I would imagine people would be out. They'd be walking around doing cool stuff. People are just like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to see Oppenheimer. And I was one of those people. And I don't mean to, to, to make it a bigger deal than it is. But like I said, I think I was, I was kind of, my soul was brought forth to the, to the gates of cinema heaven and, and Oppenheimer let me in. And I just, 
went away right there. I like it. That's pretty great, man. Arguably the fourth best Christopher <laughs> Nolan movie. Wait, where did it end up? Okay, I forget where we arguably. put it. Where I, I put it, it's where you put it. Where you dropped no, it. No, where I would have had it was 11. I don't remember where it ended up, though. Okay, but then you went dirty and you put Tenet at 11. You had an opportunity. You could have dropped Oppie at 11. I mean, that's true. <laughs> you Let's could have re- done we'll it. Redo it. We'll, I, we'll redo it. <laughs> run it back. I do, think it, I do think it ended up at four, which I think is, is a travesty. Anyway, excellent film. Um, then I saw a couple of other movies. Um, all of this to say, I had a really good time. I was able to see um, All of Us Strangers, which comes out uh, mm-hmm. late, late December, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Um, that movie is now my fourth favorite movie of the year. It nice. is incredible. It is absolutely devastating. Hilarious. Claire Foy um, is so wonderful in that. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if if things got a lot of, a little deep on the Oscar ballot. Andrew Scott found his way mm. to be like a dark horse pick. Um, I think I just want to put that out into the universe while it's like 200 to one odds. And I want to come, come clean up on that when like that it. happens. Um, but I did get the chance to see um, a couple of other movies. I saw Anatomy of a Fall, which is a big one. Um, really good. A lot of people talking about it. It did premiere at other film festivals and it was excellent. Wonderful movie. Um, cool. Great courtroom drama, which is always a big win. And the most important in terms of uh, this podcast is the zone of interest. So I saw the zone of interest This is Jonathan Glazer's new film comes out in the middle of December, I believe. So we've got a a few months to go at least. Um, I'm not going to say a lot, obviously, because I don't want to spoil it, Mm -hmm. but under the skin was Jonathan Glazer's like last, last, at least last eight twenty four film, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, and that is pretty like dark and um sinister and like there's a lot brewing beneath the surface of that. Um take that idea and like that kind of like mood and amplify it by like a thousand and you walk out of the zone of interest exceptionally stunned and fearful and depressed about um watching a, a basically a, a Nazi German family try to just live a normal life during mm. the war. Um, and they, they live next to Auschwitz. So oh, wow. okay. that's the movie. And that's, that's kind of like, that's what's on IMDb. There's no trailer out for it yet or anything. There's a couple of steel of stills. Sandra Hewler is in this movie. She's also the lead in anatomy of a fall. So that was pretty cool. But um, like all the pundits are saying, easily can see this going up for a couple of technical awards at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Definitely a best picture nomination. It's, it's one of those movies. And since I watched it, I've thought about it every day. Like not as like, wow, that was a really fun movie to watch, but more like how can someone figure out how to put that evil essence on screen yeah. so well, it's, it's incredible. So the zone of interest, we're going to talk about it here on the show in December. Are you excited for the zone of interest? Like, what do you, where, where are you at on this? What do you know about it? Where does it land for you? It's probably the thing that intrigues me the most on our calendar for the rest of the yeah. year. Um, I'm probably looking forward most to Priscilla. I'm very excited about that. Oh, the zone of interest. I'm wait. just like, what is this about? Just from yep. the stuff I've seen on Twitter. So I'm very much like, intrigued and looking forward to covering it yeah i i when i got out of it i was like man i wonder what ben is gonna think like i just wonder because you would think after doing this podcast with you for like over 100 episodes that i would have you pegged down pretty good you always manage to throw a curveball in (laughs) in something and you're always like guess what didn't like that movie or like guess what love this movie (laughs) so i never know so um the zone of interest is is excellent um i recommend everybody keep an eye out for it, put it on your, like on your looking forward to list, whatever you have nice. and check that out. It'll definitely be a big A24 play at the Academy. Um, off the top of my head, like I guess maybe other than Priscilla, I can't think of anything for A24 for this year. Am I, am I missing like a big glaring film? Yeah. Uh, the Academy? iron. Oh, for the Academy. I don't know. For, like but... the Academy awards, right? Like they had a huge everything everywhere play last year. Is, yeah. Are they going all the way with the zone of interest here? I mean, they might be. Um, yeah. I don't know what the Iron Claw, I don't know if that's going to bring anything in. Um, dream scenario. I mean, that trailer's fucking rad. Like, I would love <laughs> if 
Nick Cage got a you know actor nomination. Yeah, that'd Who be knows? sick. What you? Yeah, what you think of that trailer? We haven't talked about that trailer on the show. I it, it looks amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's a, it just looks super unhinged, and I think it's going to be great. And, it yeah. it looks like Nick Cage is like showing up to just have a lot of fun. Yeah, and and be an actor. You know, like he is ready to go. Capital A. I think that idea is really exciting. Yeah. Of like he just gets overnight famous because he's in everybody everybody's dreams. So um, cool. doing different things to to people and with people, and I I has potential. Let's just yeah. say it's got potential. I'm I'm excited. So yeah, I think Academy Awards wise, like it seems like the zone of interest. It seems like that's where A24 is going to put their their eggs in their basket. Yeah, probably. Um, and we'll see. I'm curious, like if and when the SAG after strike ends how that's going to shape up for other movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, because right now, the big thing is, A24 has interim agreements with, with both SAG and WGA. So they're good. Like Priscilla is good to go on a press tour. They're mm-hmm. locked and loaded. Jacob Elordi um, is going to New York Film Festival here in a couple of weeks when it shows there. Like they're doing the thing. Yeah. No other studio is doing that right now except Neon with a couple of things, I believe. So if that holds out, that's a good bid for A24. If it doesn't, I'm really curious what some of these press conferences start to look like, especially when you talk about, you know, maybe Barbie going for something or or something mm-hmm. with a much more deep cast. So yeah, I'm curious. Um, okay. That's that was fun. A lot of news, a lot of cool stuff. Are you ready to talk about Stop Making Sense? Uh, I am. I do have one last piece of housekeeping really quick. Okay. If it's about Purple Rain, just don't put it on here. Justice for Purple Rain. God, it's, it's, God, it's, God damn it. <laughs> I just need that to be on there. I need that to be on the record. So thank you. Oh, my gosh. No. Justice for Greece. You know, justice for Greece because... <laughs> You guys turned the tables on me and I believed you. I fell into your trap for like two minutes. And I was like, you know what? Danny Zuko, actually bad dude. Like maybe Greece isn't as good as I thought. And then I stepped away from the draft and I was like, absolutely not. Greece is incredible. (laughs) You guys played me. Justice for Greece. Go on. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Stop making sense. Uh, I want you to, I want you to lead Ben. What's your relationship with talking heads? What's your relationship to this movie? Had you seen it before? Where are you at? So, yeah, I watched this maybe a couple years ago for the first time, just threw it on on a you know lazy Sunday out of nowhere. It's like, yeah, let's just check this out and see what it's all about. I like the talking heads. And I was just blown away. I was like, holy shit, this is so cool. <laughs> this is crazy. I love it. Uh, talking heads for the long time, my relationship with them, probably like a lot of people, was just burning down the house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was kind of like their, their biggest hit or whatever. So that was like, Oh, okay. That's who these guys are. Um, and then there was a time, uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but there was okay. a time in my life when I used to be a DJ and I did not know that about you. Yeah. And wow. I was DJing a tattoo shop opening and someone came up to me super drunk. He's like, I hate everything you're playing. It's like, all right, man. Like, I'm sorry to hear that, dude. Like, what do you want me to play? He's like, why don't you play something good? Like the fucking talking heads. And I was like, <laughs> okay, cool. I like Sick, it. Got Noted, it bro. You know? So, um, he was escorted out because he was very, very drunk and just like wow. doing too much, but that stuck with me forever. And I was like, all right. I want, I'm going to get into this. I want to check have, out the talking heads. I have so many questions. How, how long were you a DJ for? Uh, a couple of years. Wow. Yeah. Do you, any, do you have a, like, do you go to DJ school? What's your formal training here? What do you just do? at home with Serato? I bought like some turntables and just kind of try to teach myself. Two turntables and a microphone. Two turntables. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Me and Beck. Wow. Um, yeah. Hanging out. Best buddies. Okay. Yeah, wow. Yeah, dude, good. that's sick. Did that, so this interaction in particular, did this guy deter you at all? Does that, like, did that hurt your soul where you're just like, uh oh, maybe I'm no, not a DJ? Er, everyone's got different tastes. So it was just <laughs> kind of like, and he, like, he was just so drunk, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, whatever, dude, you just want to, like, go home with us and talking heads, which, like, I get now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's cool. But this is, we're just trying to keep it, you know, I don't know, whatever I was going with at that time. So, but he wasn't digging it. But, 
it was all right. Uh, and yeah, in the end, it's just like, all right, I want to check this stuff out then. I want to see, you know, like yeah. what stuff what could I play? About? Cause I really only know burning down the house. And it's like, I don't want to play that ever. So yeah, sure. what else is there? So, um, my, my career, I brought it to an end shortly after that. So I never got to work them into the mix or anything uh, like that, but I was able to like gain a love for the talking heads. Um, so yeah, I don't know. <laughs> again, like watched this concert for the first time a couple of years ago. And when I heard about this announcement, I was just so excited. I was like, I can't imagine seeing this on the big screen, something that never thought would happen. So, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, we'll get into it, but that's my relationship with. Okay. That's awesome. That is a great relationship compared to what I have with the talking heads, which is nothing. Um, I am probably one of the very few, people at least like in this sphere of like movies pop culture that like doesn't listen to the talking head like i just didn't i i don't listen to them um i remember when this was announced and when this trailer came out you were fired up and you told me about it of course and i had asked you like okay do do i listen to the talking heads like do what do i do like before this do how can i prepare myself right Mm. because i had thought this was like kind of a uh taylor swift like era's tour situation like if i'm going to the theater i got i better know the songs because gotcha. people are going to be dancing people are going to be singing um it was not quite like that in my theater which was kind of a relief to me because mm-hmm. i wasn't like singled out as the dude who didn't know the talking heads but definitely uh i was one of if not the youngest person there for sure nice. um and like you i i pretty much only knew psycho killer that was mm-hmm. about it um, and so I didn't listen to them. I didn't seek this movie out. Nothing. I just kind of like tried to forget that it existed until this came out. And this has been, um, played at TIFF. It's been doing a lot of promos recently. And A24 has been retweeting, at least on Twitter, a lot of positive reception to this movie of like yeah. people dancing the entire time, like mm-hmm. being up from their seats, singing like really being an event situation. Um, I had literally never heard of this movie before A24 announced it. Of course, they got the rights to it to remaster it in 4K, to re-release it on a screen, um, which, you know, excellent business decision on their end because I texted you when I went, and I went last night on a Monday night at a 7.30 show, which is, you know, prime time for like dinner in a movie situation, there's probably 60 or 70 people in my IMAX showing IMAX IMAX tickets are not cheap. Like they're not inexpensive. Like if you're going to see a movie in IMAX, you want to do that. That is why you go. So I was pretty impressed with that. Uh, And this concert being touted as like the best concert on screen ever kind of a thing. I tried not to attach to that too much because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be let down. You know, I didn't want to be, um, a little, you know, a little disappointed. And I wasn't. I heavily enjoyed this. Nice. Um, this was incredible. The energy was so exciting. People started clapping and whistling and cheering, like through when the songs would finish the, yeah. in the in the theater. And I was like, oh, like we're do- this is what we're doing. This is so exciting. This is really cool. And I was like cheering and clapping, like it ended, and people like stood up and were cheering and it was really cool. Did people do that in your theater? Did you see it in IMAX as well? Yeah, yeah. I think okay. right now that's all you can see it in. Only um, IMAX. I think on okay. Friday it comes out wide release. So <gasps> saw an IMAX um, and, I mean, people were like kind of dancing along to it. Uh, I couldn't see behind us because there was like a real big divide, you know. Um, but okay. I know everyone was kind of like bopping in their seats, so to speak. Oh, yeah. uh, in, in were you a dancer? Section. Did you get up and dance? No, see, I, along with being a DJ, I uh, was a drummer, which yes, I think you I knew, knew that, that about yeah. me. And that's very specific. So, like, I don't have to, like, move around while I keep a beat. I just like to sit <laughs> down while stay, I keep a stay beat. Stay there like a yeah. statue. Yeah, it's sure. like, I don't want to be a guitarist who's out front, just like everyone's staring at you. It's like, nope, let me hide behind this drum set and just sit here. So, I, no, I'm not a dancer to answer your question, but I was, okay. I was definitely a head nodder and... Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I was, it was in my heart. I was dancing, but, uh, I, that's what matters. Dude, most. It was <laughs> so fun though, to see it. Like it was just a towering image. I was just blown away by it. Like 
Mm-hmm. I know we we kind of text about it, but they better release some sort of physical version oh of this because I they need better. it. I need it so bad. I don't know why they would go to all the trouble to do a 4K restoration and like and own IMAX screens for a week and do this right and then not have yeah. a, a physical release at least. Um, there were so many moments where I was just I was just watching it, and since it was my very first time seeing it. I was kind of just like trying to intake it. I was just like trying to let it wash over me. I wasn't like trying to sing along to to like the two songs that I knew or I wasn't trying to like decipher, you know, like the technicalities or anything of like what makes it so good. I was just trying to let it be and yeah. let it like let it wash over me. And there were so many moments where I literally would say out loud like, God damn, that looks so good. That looks so, so good. It's so crisp. It's so clear. That restoration is unbelievably well done. Uh, And like for for that purpose alone, of course, seeing it on a massive IMAX screen, that is a huge technical feat because on a screen that big, if you can make something look that good where like I'm a little marveled, I'm just like, wow, my God, mm -hmm. this was... This was filmed like fifty years ago. Like, how does it look so good? Okay, forty years ago. Let's. Okay, this, this came out the year I was born, so let's like pump the brakes. Let's on, cool down like, a little on bit on the, the time. Years, all right. <laughs> okay, forty year, forty years ago. How does it look so good? Um, and it and it looks phenomenal. Uh, and and that was exciting. So you you're a drummer. Um, forgive me, I don't know the drummer's name, but can we talk about his yeah. style for a second? Because my guy just pulled up to this concert in like a polo. He's just, just like a polo. He's just rocking a polo, and, and they he's even just like hanging out. Change outfits halfway through, and he just throws another polo on. Right. <laughs> it's like a different colored polo. Like he's just like business casual, man. I loved it. I thought it was great. Such a boss move, uh, and and really elite stuff from him. Um, Some let's Jerry kinda... Jerry Harrison, I think. That's okay. Him. Oh no, 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 Chris Franz is him. Jerry Harrison was the keyboards. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Let's um. So this is directed by Jonathan Demi, who directed and produced *The Silence of the Lambs*, *Philadelphia*, *The The Manchurian Candidate*, and *Rachel Getting Married*. Um, incredible director, arguably like one of the best of all time. I think people can kind of make the argument for. Um, this is 88 minutes long, which I thought was quite, quite honestly, I thought it was perfect because mm-hmm. the way that this the way that this movie and this concert flows is so intoxicating and it's like so building that you just, you start with David Byrne and like singing psycho killer with like a guitar. And then you gradually get more and more, you get more people, more instruments, more Mm. movement, more energy, more excitement. And then you, you end with, um, uh, I, I know it's a pretty popular song by them, but it's like really entrancing where it's like, Mm -hmm. I, I could probably just like sit here for like an hour and listen to this song, just go on and on. And at no point did I ever think like, Oh, this concert's going to come to an end. Like, ah, oh, the concert's got to come to a close. I was just like, this is incredible. Like I yeah. just sit here, like, let me just sit here and just enjoy the show forever. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. That, like the end, it's uh, the song's called cross-eyed and painless. And okay. the way it just like builds like a seven or eight minute, like song. It, mm-hmm. It's so wonderful. But like you said, it's, it's building like we start out with this like shot of his feet as he's walking into the stage and we see the empty stage like we see everything yeah. behind the scenes um it's just bare and stripped down it's like oh okay wow this is cool and then yeah like you said it's just like we bring in one member for every song until like we're at the fifth or sixth song and finally everybody's there it's like oh shit this is amazing this is so cool to do it this way um and give everyone you know kind of their time to shine at the beginning uh, the bass player Tina, like yeah. her fucking outfits were so so rad, and I loved her so little cool. dance moves and stuff like that. Um, yeah, kicking it off a psycho killer, just him on his own, I think was like the perfect way to do it. So yeah, I thought it was and great. There is, um, and you shared with me. So if anybody is listening, that's gonna get mad. I put the blame on Ben for sure. Um, mm-hmm. this is I'm just I'm just uh, an accessory sure. here. Um, there there is like a YouTube playlist with, with videos of these songs, right? It's mm-hmm. not the 4k remaster. It is, they are all separate videos. So it's not the same thing. It's not the movie, but if you don't own a physical copy or if you're like waiting for this to come out, um, this could be a good, good chance, um, to, yeah. to seek it out. So, um, 
if you're interested or like if you're trying to replay some of it or like watch some of it again, that is how I went about it. Um, I know you texted me today and you were like, you said you found it on YouTube and you're going to watch some of it again. I took your advice and I actually had um, lunch with one of my daughters this morning, just her and I at home. And I was like, we are going to, we're going to put on a concert and and we're going to watch it. And so we watched about the first 30 minutes. So probably the first five or six songs. Nice. Um, and she loved it. She was like entranced. She was watching it. She was dancing. And um, I, I thought that was incredible. Like, I wish that I had been introduced to this when I was not almost 30 years old. Like when, yeah. when I was a kid and could kind of appreciate it and see it differently and like maybe grow with it, which I think is really cool. So um, I've kind of folded that in already to, to my family. And like, it nice. is absolutely a movie and a concert that I immediately thought like, I just, I just want to own this so I can just put it on kind of maybe mm-hmm. all the time. Like just whenever I don't know what to watch or whenever I want some talking heads in the house, like this is how I want that. And, um, that, so I'm, I'm really excited for it to come out. Um, okay. I have a question for you. So the big suit, yeah. David Burns, big suit. What, what's the history here? Is this, it doesn't have like a lore or like a mysticism to it. I don't get it. I just know it's a big suit. There, there might be one and I'm forgetting cause he was recently on Colonel O'Brien's podcast and they talked about it and I'm watching the story, but he, I, he was like with friends and they were watching something on TV and there was like some sort of like oversized suit or something like that. Like just like kind of the big shoulder pads of the eighties, you know? And he just had the idea because one of the friends, I believe, was like a seamstress or tailor. He was like, well, what if we just made it like huge, like just a really, and that was like, it was just that simple. Like that was the idea. It's like, what if I just had like a really big suit? It's <laughs> just like, so and funny. it's crazy because stuff like this that like, I mean, this is on all the posters, like the t-shirts they were selling, like this suit has become synonymous with this concert, but it's just something that started just so simply. It was just like, might be funny if I just came out and had like a really big suit on and that's it, you know? And then like we get those other songs where he's taking the jacket off, but he still has the big pants on. I was going to say, I was going to say, that's so funny. It's pretty, it's pretty classic. Um, So yeah, I I do enjoy that aspect of this, that costume change that they all do. Um, Cause he starts out like in a regular suit and then, you know, ditches the jacket and you can just like see they're getting hotter and hotter. And then there's like probably like an intermission or something. And they all come back in. It's just like, oh, the suit is fucking that's so cool. <laughs> and his dance moves are just so sporadic and crazy. Did you see that clip going around of him practicing his dance moves? I did. Yeah. Home? Yeah. Um, incredible stuff. I was so just like, cool. he is a fucking legend. It's insane yeah. what he went through to, to make this happen. And it delivers. That's something that I really appreciated on the rewatch was like, all the choreography he had, like with like the backup singers, but even just with the other yep. musicians, everything looked, I feel like looked really organic, but it was obviously like choreographed and like designed to do that. But yeah. just like watching them like stare at each other and do their like big, like leg movements back and forth, you know, smearing each other. It's like, this is such a silly thing, but it works perfectly in this concert, in this context. Um, so yeah, I, I love that about this, just like all this choreography and, this to me this movie has energy you know what i mean mm-hmm. like there's just so much energy here that other guitarist comes out i don't i don't remember his name but like i don't know if like what he was on but he was just like amped <laughs> the fuck up you know what i mean he yeah. came out ready Wild. to go yeah. um they do a couple songs where it's like they're almost just like not doing jumping jacks but like you know almost like high kicks or something like that like the entire time and then like they're still singing and playing and stuff it's like man just they're feeding off the crowd here. I think you could really feel that throughout this whole movie, which was just fantastic. Yeah, the concert has the juice, as yeah, as I would put it for they sure. They do have the juice. Uh, I didn't know that. You know, I guess I guess it's a little. Um, you know, I didn't think before seeing this of like, okay, this concert's choreographed. There's probably a lot that went into it. Like, you know, David Byrne like probably put a lot in on the back mm. end to figure all this out. I just went into it and I was just like, it's a, it's a concert. It, yeah. Like how good can it be? And then I see a video like that where he's practicing in a house or in a room or whatever. And then he's like doing the same things over and over again and like mm. figuring out his choreography. And even now just talking about it where I'm just like genius, absolutely yeah. mesmerizing, incredible that he pulled that off and can do that with so many people in such a lively stage and environment and still, make everything work and make everything feel so, so organic. I just thought 
I just thought he was just like walking around, just like playing music yeah. and having a really good time. And then it turns out like that was his, that was like his production, his art project. Like that's what he put into it. Yeah. And, and we got this masterpiece. It's all so fluid and just like, right. It goes off without a hitch. Even the stuff of like the crew bringing out those like risers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Cause they had it all timed perfectly for like each song. It's like, how many times did these guys practice this? You know, it's just like, Nope, little slower, like little slower, whatever. Cause everything is just like dialed into a T. Um, and it was just like, it was beautiful to, to watch and just see on the IMAX screen. Um, I love that little, the Tom Tom club interlude that we get when he leaves, you know, and like the bass yeah, player and cool. drummer that's like their, their side band. And just like that little thing that we got with them, I thought was so fun. Just him yelling like James Brown, like yeah. over and <laughs> over. It was so good. So um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. We'll talk about some of our favorite moments, but this was just like, I, without exaggeration, I literally had a smile on my face the entire time. <laughs> like I was just so happy to be watching this. Like it was, it was perfect. Just literally Nicole Kidman in the AMC. That was me, the whole time. Yes, it really was. <laughs> okay, speaking of favorite moments, we're we're doing this episode a little bit differently because it's not quite a movie. We can't really like roll through true cinema here. So we're just going to kind of talk about some of our favorite moments um, and maybe uh, a single favorite moment if we do have one. Um, we do have an A1 act and we'll, and we'll give it a ranking and everything. Uh, but Ben, any favorite moments to, to start us off to, to call out? Yeah, I think so. I mean, my favorite thing of the whole show was the first song with the entire band, Slippery mm-hmm. People. It's like the sixth song, something like that. But it just, we, we've been building to this and now everybody's out there. It's like all nine members, all eight members. Um, and you just really hear it in the audience. You hear their energy just like, I don't know. Everyone's just like on cloud nine, it seems like. Uh, and you, you just, you're on, you know, as like having played in a band, like you can only have so much energy, like in practice and stuff like, okay, cool. We got that song down, whatever. But once you're in front of other people playing, it just like, it naturally elevates. And I just felt like just seeing them all out there for the first time. It's just like my favorite part of the whole, whole thing. It's pretty early on, but I love it. Yeah. Um, I think. I think that is a special moment for sure because like you said you're you're really like building to that and that's kind of the first time you get to see all of this. I think for me one of my favorite moments is um just the, just the the first song Psycho Killer. Not necessarily mm-hmm. because it's like one of the ones I knew, but I think even upon like rewatching some of it today it is so I just think it's so incredible. Like the way that he comes out and he's like I, I got a tape that I want to play for you. Yeah. And it's just him. It's just him playing a song. And then he kind of like does the little like ditty at the end of it where he like loses control of his body, yeah. which I thought was incredible. And it's just so intoxicating to watch. I'm just like, I'm constantly like, what, what's he going to do next? Like what, what, what is his yeah. body going to do? What's his face going to do? Where is he going to go? Who eventually like, who's he going to interact with? Um, And I think it's a perfect way for this concert to kick off because it's really, um, I I think it's kind of a different vibe, obviously, than what you get to 80 minutes later Mm -hmm. down the road. Um, also want to call out the, um, the lamp dance. Could you, could you dance with a lamp like that, Ben? Given the right substances, I'm sure I could pull (laughs) it off. Yeah, I think I could, but, but I don't know that anyone could pull off what burn did, you know, because again, like, it's this choreographed thing that's just made to look so natural and organic. You're just like, oh, he's just coming up with this. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. no, he's been practicing this, but he's making it look perfect. Uh, that I'm glad you brought that up because that was something I wanted to talk about as well. Because I just think like that's such a, the the big suit is one thing, but the lamp dance is like, to me, that that brought in these moments of like where Jonathan Demi really shines. Yeah. Um, you know, pun not intended, but like we get to all these light things. You know, like the way the light is hitting all the band members and just shining up on like the back cast, um, you know, the the backdrop. And it's just like it's so cool to see. And so much of this stuff as I'm watching is like, was this like a Demi call or is this a Burn yeah. call? Like, what was the collaboration here like? Because Burn doesn't seem like a guy who like gives up a lot of creative control. It feels like he has a vision, you right. know. Yeah. But I also can't imagine Jonathan Demi just like doing something that people tell him to do you know yeah. he's got like he's got some 
some influence here. So I think whatever it was, this marriage between the two of them, I think worked out perfectly. Yeah, definitely agree. Um, there are so many moments like that. And I think one for me that, um, yeah, we, we, I assume it was a Demi call because it's like an, uh, an editing kind of um, cut. Mm. This was going around Twitter a few weeks ago when like the first screenings were taking place. I didn't watch it because I didn't want to spoil any of this for myself. Like I didn't want to watch like 90 seconds out of context. And people were like, this is the greatest concert transition of all time. And I was just yeah. like, I don't like, I, I'm, I don't want to keep myself clean from that. But now that I've seen it on the big screen, I can't attest it. It is um, absolutely flabbergasting what happened. So I don't know what song it is. You'll, you'll have to forgive me um, and, and help me out. But it is when he's like doing the chopping of like, same as it ever was. And he's like, oh, chopping, yeah. right. Chopping like on his forearms. Um, and then he like, he ends up getting low, and then we have this moment where there's this big switch in the song, and we go from just focused on him to a like a side shot of him and his body like bending backwards, yeah. and then him like singing so powerfully after that. And I saw that, and I was just like, "Oh my, oh my god!" Like that was mm-hmm. so incredible what I just witnessed, and I wasn't expecting it, I wasn't ready for it, and I was just completely washed over in this moment of like, this is a, this is a movie. This is yeah. like absolutely a perfect film. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. I think that was from once in a lifetime. I think that's that song. Okay. Um, but I think he also, in that one does the, uh, where he hits himself in the forehead. Yeah. He like, slaps himself, himself a bunch. Back, that's know, like right, right beforehand. Yeah. 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 It's so good. And <sighs> just some of the, decisions that he makes i forget what song it is but there's the one where he's just like is running laps around around the drum set like take a lap i'm just gonna go run right now it's like this is crazy dude like you guys you guys have been playing this show for how long and you're just like i'm just gonna go run right now so right now yeah i i just loved you you said it earlier but it's like you didn't know what he was gonna do next yeah um and that's kind of what's so exciting and keeps you focused on what's happening what's like I just, I got to know what's, where are we going here after this? I think a really neat moment for me as well is, is at the very end. And I know I said like the, I like the very beginning as well. Um, but the very end, there's just something special about the way that he like exits the way <laughs> that he chooses to close it off. Cause it feels so transcendent. You said like, we're, we're going on for like eight or nine minutes in this song. We're repeating the same verses um, we're kind of locking into this like very hypnotic performance and, yeah. and energy that we're getting into. He introduces his band members by name, and then he was just like, "That's it, I gotta go. See you yeah. later." And he just like he he just takes off, and he just like goes away, and his band kind of wraps things up in the next like twenty or thirty seconds, and and that's the movie. And I thought that was really interesting, and I don't. I, like I said, I don't have a lot of personal history with the talking heads. Like I don't know really their lyrics or their message. I just know they're kind of a band that's like, um, you know, our, our lives kind of suck kind of a thing. And like life is just always going to be bad. And that was such an interesting decision for me, for them to end it like that, because it feels like this energy can just continue. We can just, it, it's just going to go on forever and ever. Even if David Byrne has walked off the stage, even if the movie has ended, it felt like a soft continuation. And mm-hmm. I, I guess I, I really appreciated that. And I thought that was a really neat way to end the show. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that he gave um, credit to the crew as well and brought them out and let them do yep. their thing. Um, but yeah, it's a, it was a great ending. It's like, cool. I'm just going to slip out real quick. You guys keep the party going, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, right. feel free to like, it's like the host who's like, I'm going to go to bed. Like you guys can stay here as long as you want, <laughs> but like, I'm out of here right yeah. now. So it was a, it was a polar opposite of Tom, Tom Wom's game. If you yep. will, it was yeah, very yeah. anti-Tom. <laughs> yes. Yes. A hundred percent. But, uh, I Get loved out of it. My house. <laughs> I thought it was a great ending. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's so good. Do you have a single favorite moment that you want to like put on the record as your favorite moment of this concert? Or is there too many to choose from? There's just, there's a ton, but if I, if I had to pick one song, it is slippery people. It's just like, it's the Mm. first time the whole band comes out and their energy just like coalesces, you know, everything just comes together and it's like, all right guys, like, here we go. 
Like we're all here. It's time to do the show and let's get through these next like 15 songs. Let's give these people a show. I mean, at at a regular concert, you're amped up, but like knowing you're being filmed, you know, it's like you Mm -hmm. want this to be captured perfectly. And I just think their energy, um, it's, it's, it's my favorite right there. Cause it's like, they're just starting out and getting it going. Where the, just like the, the, um, where to put the camera and what to capture at certain moments is so smart from Demi. Yeah. Like it fully, um, encompasses everything about the concert and, and the energy, especially. Um, yeah, I think if it is, I think it's a uh, once in a lifetime, I think would probably mm-hmm. be my, my favorite song, my favorite moment. If that is like where he kind of does that, um, the dance and we get that really incredible cut. Um, I think there's really exciting stuff. So like, I'm genuinely very hyped to own this when yeah. it comes out, whenever we get a physical copy, whenever it comes out on digital, um, I would assume it, it is going to regular theaters. This pod will drop on Friday. So it'll go to regular theaters on, on that Friday. Um, I would guess it's probably going to play for a couple more weeks. Um, if you can highly recommend going to yeah. see this, it is a hundred percent. One of those things where it's like, you don't want to miss out on this experience. Like this will probably never be in theaters again. I would, I would, yeah, I can't I, imagine. I mean, I wouldn't think so. So missing the one opportunity, um, especially if you can, if you see it on IMAX, that's that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. But if you can see it on a big screen, it's really uh, a neat a neat thing. Really cool movie. Um, do you want to do uh, a one acts here? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we've got concert movies, of yeah, course, because this is this is one of the one of the best. Can I ask you before we do this? Do you think? This is the best concert movie of all time. So you want my A1 act before we get into A1X? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. I'm just trying to trying to know a little bit here. <laughs> I I don't think I've seen a better concert movie than this. Okay. I've seen some that I love. I've seen there are some that I've watched more than this for sure. Um, you know, like my favorite band is Incubus. They have a show they did at Red Rocks, and it's just like I've without exaggeration, probably watched that at least 50 times, if not more. Like I love it, you know? Um, but I did not put it on my list. I'm really sorry. It's all good. It's all good. (laughs) I had to sneak it in there, but, um, you know, there's some stuff I haven't seen, you know, kind of like we're going to going over some sort of Scorsese stuff and like last waltz and shine a light. It's like, I feel like those are probably going to be really good. Song remains the same as a great Led Zeppelin one, but this to me, is just like, it's the pinnacle of a concert movie. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen, enough or maybe like really any other concert movies to be honest. So yeah, stop making sense. Um, we've got bullet in a Bible, which is green day sign of the times, which is your beloved Prince, um, mm-hmm. shine a light, the rolling stones directed by Scorsese live at Pompeii, which is pink Floyd. Um, give me shelter, the rolling stones, 1969 tour, which apparently is a big deal. Ended in like a big brouhaha and a couple of uh, injuries. Is that is that correct? Do you that know? sounds accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty wild. So that sounds good. Uh, Rattle and hum, which is U two Woodstock, of course, is Woodstock. Uh, the song remains the same. Led Zeppelin, and then the last waltz. Um, that's the band, and that is directed by Scorsese as well. I haven't seen any of those. Um, uh, the the only other concert movie I have seen is live at Shea Stadium, which is Billy Joel. And mm. that that's great. That is a pretty like pure and authentic on a great show. He does. Puts on an incredible show. Uh I've seen him at Madison Square Garden and it's it's pretty immaculate. Like if you get yeah. a chance, I, I highly recommend it. That's a good that's good. Like I wouldn't say it's it's great. Like it's not stop making sense levels. It's a million percent like I want something on the TV and I want to listen to Billy Joel. So like, let's just put that on. Yeah. Um, it's nothing where I would ever be like, I have a free night. I'm going to sit down and, and watch live at Shea stadium. Stop making sense. On the other hand is like, yo, I got, I have like a little over an hour and I kind of want to listen. Like I want to see a really good concert. This, this is it every single time. I think, uh, for my very limited pool, this is definitely the best movie, uh, like concert movie of all time. Yeah. And what I thought was so great about it too is that it's a it's a pure concert. There's no like interludes with people. There's no um like documentary style. There's no interviews. There's no nothing. It is a strict like front to back. This is a concert, and this is what you get, which I thought was was great. Um, a twenty four ranking. This is Wait, now part I have of the a twenty four library. Before we hear back from people, um, 
the one that I would put up there possibly is Beyonce's performance at Coachella. It was amazing. It's really, really, really good. It has one of the best, speaking of really good edits. Yeah. It has just one of the best edits I've ever seen in a concert. Uh, It's amazing. So before we get all the hate mail, you know, I want to make sure the beehive knows that we recognize her performance at Coachella. She is Queen B for she a reason, is. She of is. course. Where can can you watch that somewhere? Is that like streaming? I thought it was on Netflix, but I don't know for sure. Okay, um, I'm not I just sure I've never watched now. it, so I'm I'm really curious. I want to ask you since you bring this up, since you um talk about Beyonce, Taylor Swift Eras Tour comes out in a few weeks. Um, are you planning on seeing it? Where Where are you at on Taylor Swift? Uh, I mean, I'm pro Taylor Swift, but I'm not like, okay. I'm not caught up in all this hype. You know what I mean? Like, you're it's, not going to go do like friendship bracelets at the theaters. No, I mean, <laughs> I know some people that I work with have gone to the concerts and they just said it's amazing, uh-huh. which is super cool. But I, I, I cried. I cried at the concert, Ben. I don't even listen to Taylor Swift. You got to see Haim open for her, which I'm oh, jealous of. Oh my like, God. Haim, so. Alana Haim. Just yeah. playing a guitar. I, I mean, look, you talk about like things that are instant sex appeal that's top of the list yeah yeah. unreplicable yeah she's the best um love bass face too uh yeah um and just to clarify (laughs) homecoming a film by beyonce is on netflix so feel free to throw that on wow i gotta watch that i gotta report back for sure um i don't think i'll go see the eras tour in theaters i think i'm a little um if i could go with molly i would it's very difficult for us to go to a movie together and arrange childcare and um, do all of these things, let alone go see a two hour and 40 minute film together. Um, yeah. So you guys saw it, live, right? It's kind of off the table, but we did see it live and someone did propose right in front of us to nice. Romeo and Juliet. And that was like pretty cool. Um, so yeah, excellent show. I'm sure it's, it's going to clean up at the box office. I heard stop making sense has done good business um, so nice. far at the box office. So that's really exciting. Uh, so it's a big couple of months for uh, concert movies at at the theaters. Yeah. But um, yeah, let's let's do a twenty four rankings. So this is now part of the a twenty four library. A twenty four has has remastered it and released it, and I think it's interesting. I always have a tough time putting something like this up against like a Midsommar or like up mm-hmm. against like the Last Black Man in San Francisco. Like how they're not. They're not apples to apples. Like, how do yeah. you determine where this falls in a ranking? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think this falls to me. It becomes the rewatchability factor. And it's just like, how mm. soon could I rewatch it? And apparently it's like within four days because that's what <laughs> I did, you know? Um, so for me, that's where it's like, or just like you talked about um, with Zone of Interest, it's like, how much are you thinking about it after you see it? That kind right. of a thing. So obviously you can't necessarily compare like, the craft of like making hereditary and then making stop making sense. Um, that's like, again, apples to oranges kind of, but I think you can just like give the overall feeling on it, which like why for me, no one will be surprised. Let's listen to this whole episode, but it's an a plus 24. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I want this, I, I want the physical copy of it. I, w- I want that 4k. Um, it's just, it's a, it's perfect. It's a perfect, perfect experience. I really regret not buying a t-shirt or buying apparel when they came out with it because I I just didn't know like what it was about. I really, the odds are good with how things are going with a 24, but I really hope they come out with like some more merch or like some, like something cool, like a little David Byrne action figure or something like, give me something for this because I I will buy it because I, I I need it. Um, I'm with you. I, I don't know if I could do, a plus 24 quite yet just because it is my first experience but it's a hard a 24 like rewatchability is is really sky high it's um not long which is always like a a plus i think it is a perfect length for this kind of um medium and this kind of like material david byrne is electric and just incredibly gorgeous and very cool like mm-hmm. I, I, I remember thinking during the movie, like, that's probably the coolest guy that's maybe ever like walked on a stage. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if anybody can ever beat him. Yeah. And yeah, the, the, the way this is shot, everything that we've said, um, really wonderful of A24 to remaster this, to put it out, to put it in their library, 
I think is a really cool thing. So I hope we get more merch on it. I hope we get a physical copy for sure. And um, I, I'm sure this is not the last time that we'll talk about Stop Making Sense here on the show. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Absolutely. Um, okay, any closing thoughts? Anything before I give the, the lead-in for next week's episode? Just justice for Purple Rain. That's, that's, it. that's, that's not it. That's okay. That's I have all. to stop walking into these traps <laughs> every single week. We're two weeks in a row now. I'm going to cut you off. I'm going to be like, all right, that's... Just edit it out of the episode. <laughs> like, Any closing thoughts? And you'll just be like, uh, yeah, and then it'll just hard cut. Next, yeah. <laughs> like next week. <laughs> Good idea. I'll just edit that out. <laughs> um, next week on the pod, it's spooky season, baby. We're back. October is upon us. So we are tackling... The first of two. We're only going to do a couple spooky movies this yeah. year. We have a couple other things on the slate. We are going to tackle The Black Coat's Daughter. Now, this was a recommendation from someone on social media. We have not seen this. Uh, I don't no. know. Have you, have you no, seen I've it? No, I've never seen it. i never okay, heard of great. it. We haven't seen it. We haven't heard of it. Really exciting. So we're the two horror movies we're covering in October is going to be The Black Coat's Daughter. We're going to kick off with that. Um, we're hoping to do Dick's the Musical the week after. I know we've been teasing that for a while now. It's not in Portland um, next week. It's not in Salt Lake next week. It appears that we're doing a very classic A24 slow rollout on that one. I was going to say, we're only teasing because A24 is teasing. Like, like, (laughs) we just want to know when we're going to be able to see it, and we just keep having to push it back on our (laughs) schedule. So hopefully sometime in October we'll be able to cover it. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we just follow the lead of A24. So. That's on the slate. And then the other horror movie for the month of October is going to be In Fabric. Now, have you seen that movie? No, it's another one I've never heard of. Great. Another one that I also have not seen. I had heard of it. I don't know what it's about. I can't tell you off the top of my head. So that's pretty exciting. And then end of October, I don't know if we mentioned it here on the show. I don't, we kind of want to keep it a secret for a little bit longer. Okay. I like that. Okay. Yeah. We've got another collaborative ranking is, is what I will say. So we're, we're kind of altering the schedule a little bit to do one collaborative ranking a month and kind of yeah. use that as a cap for the month and mix things up a little bit from A24, bring in some new guests, bring in some new projects. Um, this one, it's a big one. So we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. I will say if we had any detectives here, uh, we have mentioned, there's been mention of some things that might qualify uh, for this draft. So, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, we, we've alluded to it here and there. So we've got a really fun October coming, uh, a couple of scary movies. Now, of course, um, if you're new to the show, you're probably asking, like, why aren't you doing Hereditary? Why aren't you doing Midsommar? And these um, very iconic horror films of A24, we did them, and we did them first because yeah. they are the best, and they are yeah. iconic. Yeah. So um, I don't think, uh, or actually, I know we do not have YouTube videos of those. That's before we switched over to YouTube and video content but they are out there on spotify and apple and anywhere you get there get the show mm-hmm. um so if you want our take on those horror movies go check them out big episode was the witch um <laughs> go check out that episode that's a heater go check it out indeed uh <laughs> yeah i was looking at it I was like yeah hereditary was five and midsummer was six so that's yeah, wow that's, like total like episode number five and episode, episode number five six. episode six Ooh. i'm trying to figure out when we did the witch wow um, when we lived deliciously that was episode <laughs> 58 it was last october so yeah yeah okay yeah so we've we've done them we've put in the time we'll probably do um a revisit of the witch probably next october would be my guess because oh i'm gonna be we gone. need that back that sucks <laughs> oh man i'm busy that day. i have Shit. a thing i have a thing <laughs> it's like bummer. wet hot american summer oh my god yeah. i watched that on the plane and they're like let's meet back 10 years from now at this day and this time and he's like Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I've got something at that time. Got yeah, <laughs> I, got I love that. So good. So good. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get around to it. Um, let us know what you guys thought about. Stop making sense if you're going to go see it in theaters. Again, a, a big recommend from both of us. It's Please something do. to experience on the big big screen for sure. So, mm-hmm. and let us know what you thought about it. We're on Twitter and Instagram at 24 minutes of 824. Like Ethan said, we're also on YouTube. You can watch us talk about this stuff um, and you can just see our beautiful faces each week. Like why, why wouldn't you want to, you know? Yeah. Um, and if you want to support us, we have a Patreon where we talk about movies that are not a 24 movies. Talk about a slate. We've got, wow. A do, we slate. Wanna, do we want to hint at all? Like what we've got coming up for the end of the rest of the year. Dude. I mean, I, I am at your discretion here, but I think it goes without saying 
what you just said, wow, what a slate. That's that's yeah. it. That's we're, the money right there. We're covering some huge directors that maybe have some big releases coming out this year. That's a great um, tease. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to hear us talk about some of those movies, you can find us on Patreon, 24 minutes of not a 24. Um, but if you just want to watch us here, that's totally cool. We appreciate all the support. So thank you so much. Yeah. I am Ben Lawhorn. And I am Ethan Simi. Bring break forever, bitches. <laughs> <laughs>